Do people send you messages from beyond? And later, a cringy lesson I learned this weekend. You're listening to The Common Good. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good on this Tuesday evening. My name is Aubrey Sampson alongside my co-host, Brian Fromm. Thrilled you're with us today. If you've missed any of today's show, we'd love to invite you to go back, catch up on the podcast, and be sure to subscribe, rate, and review we also enjoy engaging with you on social media at Common Good Talk on all of the apps. Speaking of the apps, um, a friend of mine, Brian, I can't remember if she's been on the Common Good or not. Her name is Clarissa Mall. She's an author. She's been book. on the show twice. Okay. All right. So she writes a lot in the grief space. Her husband right. died really tragically while hiking. That's and, right. And uh, she's a book called Beyond the Darkness and I think uh, Hurt Help Hope. Um, but she posted something on Instagram that got a lot of reaction. And I don't know if you know this, but there's um kind of a motif in a lot of like grief merchandise with cardinals. Is and that right? Yes. Why? I, I don't totally know what has happened, but somehow Cardinals have been marketed as like, if you see a cardinal, that's your loved one sending you a message. Really? I've never heard that before. Yes, you could walk into like a a Hallmark, a Christian store. I I don't exactly know which stores, but you'll find, you know, pictures of Hallmarks that say an angel's watching, a cardinal, an angel's watching over you or a statue of somebody holding a cardinal. And it's like a symbol that your loved one is with you. So it's it's like a thing in grief conversation. I never knew that. Yeah. So, uh, Clarissa Mall was in a store, apparently, or she found this somewhere, but she's showing some of the pictures of, like, cardinals all in a store that say, like, you know, your loved one is always with you, I am always with you, cardinals appear whenever angels are near. She's posting these pictures of cardinals. Okay. Okay. Here's what she says. She says uh, this. Pennies on the sidewalk, certain numbers, dreams... Cardinals that land in the trees outside our homes. Friends, these are not messages our deceased loved ones are sending us. While Christians believe that our loved ones are present with Jesus after they die, we are not ever told that communication with them will be possible. Hmm. In fact, scriptures such as Luke 16 seem to indicate that even if it were possible to communicate with the dead, the living actually would glean very little from the experience. The reality is there is no secret language that transcends death. Death isn't like summer camp. Your person can't send postcards back home. Sometimes looking for a sign or a message from your person can even distract you from solely relying on God for comfort instead. Mm. And then she goes on. I know what it means to long to long to hear your person's voice or to receive reassurance of your person's love for you. I'm a widow. I get it. But I'm also aware that many popular beliefs like these hold us back from moving forward into new life after loss. Mm. They're not grounded in scripture, but rooted in our very human brokenhearted longings. She said, I'm reminded of Rob every time I see a mountain. However, I know the mountains are not a sign from Rob of his nearness, but a picture from God of his nearness and steadfast love that endure throughout all my life. She goes on to say the godness of our loved ones is something we may always wrestle with. And that's okay. We can live joyful, deeply satisfying lives. Even if we stop looking for signs from our loved ones in the universe, we can release our loved ones to God's care to say goodbye. Even when it's incredibly hard, 
We can ask God to reveal to us his presence in our sorrow, the one consolation that is guaranteed to meet our heart's desires. And uh, Brian, as you can imagine, lots of reactions to that. So tell me just your thoughts, and then I'll share with you some of the reactions. Hmm. So that's a difficult one. Yeah. And I'm going to also own the fact that I've never really lost anybody super close to me at like a tragic young age, you know, anything like that. And I'm grateful for that. Right. My initial response is, what harm does it do? Yeah. But maybe it does do harm. Maybe she's right. Right. If it holds you back somehow. And... To ask what harm does it do doesn't ask the question yet, does it actually happen or not? Does it happen or not? I've heard lots of stories of people who are convinced they are communicating or given a glimpse or given a... Yeah. I I don't know. I know. I I think if I were to lose somebody really close to me, I would want that. Yep. And so is that the mind concocting? Maybe. Right. But I guess I go back to then like, is that okay? Right. Like, I is think there, it's okay. So, Or is God doing something right? for you like, because he knows you need that personal touch? Yeah. Is it? Is there no connection between... I, I, I don't know. I, we're not right. given... Right. I can't point you to chapter and verse that says, and then my, uh, <laughs> you know, dead loved one. Yeah. Right? But I also can't point you to chapter and verse that says... Definitively, this could never happen. Right, I don't know. The, right. the Bible talks about there being more to this world than we know. Right. This great cloud of witnesses Ephesians chapter 6 talking about there being, um, you know, that talks more about our battle, but the battle being not the flesh and blood. but there's supernatural world happening so around us. So there's something more than we can understand. Mm-hmm. I guess that's a long way to go. I'm okay with people who are, uh, who are convinced yeah. that they are and... If it's not actually, but it actually brings comfort. I don't know that that's a terrible thing. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to me because I do think for centuries around the world, most people would say that there are like if God is present in creation, there are things in creation that do communicate with us, quote unquote, on behalf of God. Mm -hmm. Right. God meeting you in a way that is really meaningful for you in a very specific moment. Um, And, and it is a little bit like of our kind of post enlightenment. We know all things to be like, no, absolutely. That doesn't happen anymore. I think I understand what she means. Like, let's look to God and not try to communicate with a dead person because that could get weird kind of seancey and it could it could leave you from healing. But I also I mean, even in my own grief, like there especially early on some things that happened that are inexplicable. And I know where God like saying, hey, I, I see you in this, Aubrey. And do I think my best friend Jen is up in heaven doing that. I, that part I can't answer. I I don't know, but I also know she is alive with Jesus now, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the veil is thin between here and the supernatural world. I think the danger would be if I began to like pray to my dead friend right. or worship my sure, dead, dead sure. friend or go to somebody evil, you know, some weird psychic or something like that. That would be part of like kind of leaning into darker things. That would not be okay, but. Does God send us 
signs, symbols communicate with us, I am unwilling to say as definitively as she did. Absolutely not. Now, here's what's interesting. Lots of comments, like I said. Somebody said, I respectfully disagree. Uh, My husband says so many signs, either through other people or in other ways. Sometimes it's so obvious. Somebody else said, I fully agree with that person. Little signs from both my parents make me feel loved. Other people are really like, feel like this is very harsh. Somebody said... Um, you know, I don't believe when I see a cardinal that it's one of my sons, but I mm. do believe that it's God saying, hey, I see you. Somebody else says, wow, this is so calloused and seems arrogant to me to believe that you have God, the afterlife and all of God's ways entirely figured out. What if God does something that brings peace to someone in the midst of suffering mm-hmm. and it is a cardinal in their backyard? Somebody else says, when I see a cardinal, I'm reminded as God provide for the birds he provides for me. So I do look for reminders in creation. Somebody else says, this is a post I needed. Mm. It's hard to grieve around people who think that they're seeing signs. And I think this is soothsaying. Somebody else says, yes, this is biblical. But I do think God sends winks that are so specific. They're not coincidental somebody else says i'm really disappointed i mean there is a lot there's 75 comments and it ranges (laughs) from yes and amen to this is so off base this is so harmful i can't believe you would even do that and she's very kind to say i'm so so sorry i hate the loss you've been through what i'm trying to deal with is a conversation about communication from beyond you know not that's right god sending signs that's right. so I, I think for her to it's clarify it's an unanswerable that is question is what makes this I difficult think it is brian and i and i think it it's you know what else it is it's an unanswerable question to people in pain mm-hmm. and that makes it so much heavier to even try to grapple with but i do think and we can end with this cuz we can't really answer it but I do think God shows up in ways you need him to. And so if you need like a sign from God, I don't think there's any shame in saying, Lord, can you just show me that you see me in a very specific Mm -hmm. way? Mm -hmm. I find that God tends to answer those prayers in ways that are just really, really tender and really, really tangible. Yeah. Coming up next, Brian, I told you there's a lesson I learned over the weekend I got to talk to you about. It's kind of humbling, kind of crazy. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Brian, I got to unpack a story with you. Okay. Are you ready for yes, it? Yes, yes, okay. yes. I think I've told you in the past that, the, and I, I, I'm not trying to disparage this person, but I will say it's getting obnoxious. There is, <laughs> there is an elder at another local church that shall remain nameless okay. who has put Kevin and I in a little bit of a box okay. and has decided that we are, um, and maybe his mission field. Might oh. be. So he, and I would say he does this way more to Kevin than to me, although he does do it to me as well. But he, he will send Kevin a book. Okay. He'll send Kevin an article. He'll send me a message on social media. Kay. And essentially it's, it's an idea that, um, because Kevin and I lead a multi-ethnic church and my husband especially is very bold on social media to speak out against racism He's put us in a box of like maybe progressive, woke, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Now, I would say some of those accusations might be accurate depending on how you define woke, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Mm -hmm. We're actually very like orthodox biblically. So we're not progressive as a church, although some people might say we are. Um, But he comes from an entirely different perspective. Mm. Okay. Okay. So Friday morning, Kevin wakes up. 
and on our church office is a present, and it is a tome of a book against critical race theory. Okay. Now, we don't, we've never talked about critical race theory at Renola Church. We don't. It's been a long time since CRT has really even come up right. in kind of the conversation. Right. Seems like it's kind of moved on. Kind of yep. moved on. Um, Kevin did have to write a paper that was an anti-racist paper, and he posted some of the books that he read for the paper. And so we we made the assumption maybe he was responding to that, but it had a very, very, very long letter on the inside about how he's read everything there is to read about CRT, and he thinks this is the best one, and Kevin should spend time reading this instead of the material he's reading for his seminary degree and should tell his professors in the woke seminary that they should be reading this instead of and listed some of the books that Kevin read. And he made uh, some things were wrong. Like the books Kevin listed weren't from the seminary. They were just things he added onto his paper for the, my husband's working on a doctoral degree. Anyway, it was really obnoxious. That's okay. what I'm getting at. Okay. It was obnoxious. It's rude. It's a little feels like false accusation. And also, we don't know him. He does not go to our church. He's part of his own church. So part of me's like, bro, do your own work. Yes. And we'll do ours. You live for the kingdom and we'll live for the kingdom. If you want to come to our church and like make changes within the body, do that. But if you're over there at your church, just bless your own church. Okay. Like, so... Kevin's become a little bit of a mission field to him. And I and I keep asking Kevin, do you respond? And he's like, I don't respond because I don't want to be rude to the guy. But I also don't want to engage. And he's a, I'm sure he really actually means well. Like Kevin has kind of a good heart about it. Like he probably really thinks he's like helping mm-hmm. and maybe doesn't know how it's coming across. So okay. I have one this foundational is, question yeah, here. This is the first part. I have more to tell you, but go ahead. At any point, was there a relationship no. with Kevin no. and this guy? No. So he, this is out of the blue. Yes. That feels off to me then. It's wildly off. Yeah. Okay. It is yeah. so off-putting. Now, here's where I made a mistake. <laughs> I decided to vent about this on threads. And Kevin said, don't do it. Or on the don't radio. Do it. Don't do it. Or <laughs> do it on the radio. Kevin said, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I was like, I'm sick of this. I'm in a... I didn't say who it was, but I definitely, well, lots of comments of people getting my back, you know, because mm-hmm. it is, it, it was easy fodder to fuel people's fire. But then somebody called me out and said, is this gossip? And then everyone on the thread started attacking that person. Okay. Then, I so, thought I learned nobody attacks people on threads. That's what David French said, but it's not true. And then somebody said, you should have Kevin send this person a fill in the blank pick in order to get back at him. And I said to myself, I have caused a problem. What have I done here? What have I done here? (laughs) I have caused division. I have caused hate. I have caused bitterness. All the things you and I say we are not supposed to do on social media. I did. So I deleted it immediately. And I'm still mad about this guy. I'm venting about it on the show. I'm annoyed with the the hypervigilance. I'm annoyed with the arrogance of it. I'm annoyed with the false assumptions of it, especially because we have no relationship with him and don't know him. But I am annoyed with myself for falling prey to being that divisive person on social media and causing all of these little kind of bitter conversations and reactions to happen. That's on me. That is fair. Yep. Um, Yes. So what do we think? I think 
Um, I think that this will only go away if you guys just let it die. But that, but Kevin's been ignoring him for like a year. Yeah, it feels like it only goes away if we say please stop. Yes, like a conversation. It's not going to go away by posting about it. No, it's definitely not. So the weird part is there's no relationship there. No, it's not because I think what I want to say is Kevin, take the guy out. Yeah, literally, like go out for coffee or something. Right, engage one conversation. Yeah, and. With sternness but great love, say, hey, bud, like, yeah, we see differently about some things, right. but, like, we're in different places. Yeah. Like, we're not, you're not my elder. Right. Uh, I get it. We're all under the same umbrella. Yeah. But, like, you seem to have great con- grave concern over yeah. me, but I don't have time to right. debate you right. and do this. Like, that feels like what it's supposed to be now. Right. But, Except Kevin's not going to take the time to do that. Well, then he just needs to let it sit and yeah. and get the occasional every couple months a email book here or and there, book. and we just sort of look at it and Probably. it entertains us more than anything. Probably. Yeah, it's very odd that the hyper vigilance of it. If he was in our church calling us out, one of our elders, then he should. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but because he has. I, he probably's never even listened to a sermon at our church. So it, it's just like really, very, very strange. It's anyway, weird. It's weird. You my... are, I'm guessing he's just made some presuppositions mm-hmm. from either things he's seen online yeah. or yeah. things that he's heard. Yes. Which yeah. is always a weird. No, it's always weird. Um, and has decided that you were kind of his like project. His mission field. Yeah. We need less woke pastors. And yeah. so he's going to do his deal. Yeah. And so I would either think it's an adult conversation from Kevin to him or it's we just take keep the doing oxygen what we're doing. out of it and yeah. don't, don't do it. And anything. I definitely am not going to post about it anymore. <laughs> I'll just talk about it on the radio. Hey, coming up next, we're going to talk about one of our favorite organizations on the planet, Food for the Poor. We'll talk about what God is doing around the world with them when we return. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Hopefully you stuck around. I didn't offend you too much in our last segment <laughs> talking about this local guy. I'm sure he's a really good heart. Or they stayed around because. Maybe so. Maybe they liked it. Because you uh, you yeah. offended them. Yes. Hey, we love Food for the Poor. Mm-hmm. And we've been partnering with them all month here at the station to provide life-saving food to kids in Latin America and the Caribbean and, um, you know, we don't want to miss an opportunity to tell you about it because especially this time of year, we know you're looking for ways to give and to be generous and to carry the spirit of Christmas with you wherever you go. And this is one way that you can do it by going to our website, 1160hope.com. The top of the screen, you will find a Give Life red banner. Mm-hmm. You cannot miss it. And any gift you can give, your best gift, will not only glorify God, but will provide life-saving food for children for an entire year. And what's so incredible about Food for the Poor is as they bring food, they partner with the church, they partner with local pastors, so the gospel is being brought along with the food to these precious kids and these precious mom and dads who are so desperate. And so, again, we'd love to invite you. Go to 1160hope.com. Click on that Give Life banner, or you can give us a call, 855-901-4673. Brian, you've worked with Food for the Poor even a little bit longer it than I have. It has been a while have. now, like, yes. Tell me, about, tell me about your relationship with them. What yeah, they were the first. Um, so as, if you listen to the show, you know that every 
couple months, we bring on an organization we believe in and we yeah. try to raise money for them. The very first one that Ian and I did this with was Food for the Poor. And so they've been the longest standing one. Uh, it started with Ian and I. And then Ian left and you came on and we've continued with Food for the Poor. And so it's always nice to have something that is got some history, yeah, some longstanding right, right. Uh, history to it. And so that's one reason I love Food for the Poor. It's been the same people. Paul Jacobs was on our, he was the very so cool. first person we had on. But beyond that, it's just an organization that's not only doing good work, Aubrey, but it's also doing understandable work. Mm. Like, have you ever dealt with an organization and you're like, wait, what do you do? Yeah, like, what is the ask here? How does that? Right. What? How is that helpful for Jesus they or the are kingdom? Yeah. Food for the Poor is raising money to put food on the table of families and children in parts of the world where they're starving. Yeah. That is easy to get our minds totally. around. Totally. And then there beyond that, it's not a big ask. Yeah. So it's $80, one-time gift, provides two children with food for a year. And so all of it, like the simplicity of it, the effectiveness of it, like their percentages are so high of what money goes to helping people. And then you know it's a need and it's not that much money. All of that combined makes me go, this is an organization that's awesome. Yeah, And totally. we want to be a part of. We want to help out. And so what we're asking of you, our listeners, all through the month of December is what's the best gift you can give? You all go. your money is going to go and it's going to provide food for kids who are starving. It's done through local churches in these various places in Latin America and the Caribbean, places like Haiti and other spots. And... Uh, the gospel's being proclaimed, but kids are being fed. Kids who otherwise would not have food are now have food. Yeah. And it's just amazing. And an $80 one-time gift, as we said, provides two children with food for a year. So what we're asking you to do is to not delay, but to instead go, you know what? I can do this. I can do something. And so go to 1160hope.com. Click on the Give Life banner. Yeah. Make it a Christmas gift. Make it something your family's doing. Talk about it around the table as a family as you're eating your food. Uh, some of you, $80 too much, so give $20. Totally. Others of you, $80 yep. is nothing. You yep. spend that much on a haircut. Uh, maybe you could give $200, $800, whatever else it might be. However much money it is, it's going to put food on kids' tables. So uh, 1160hope.com. Click on the Give Life banner or call 855-901-4673. I think what I love when you've got Paul Jacobs and Anitra Parmalee here, too, is like one of the questions you always ask him is like, OK, how does the food actually get there? Yep. And what they talk about is like it just gets there how it needs to. So sometimes you might see like you're at a, especially in my town in West Chicago, it's a train town. Mm -hmm. You might see those train cars go by and shoot. Anitra has even said, like, stop and pray for those, because sometimes those train cars are filled with food that we're delivering to the border in order to get, you know, on a plane to mm -hmm. where it needs to go. Sometimes it's tractor trailers. Sometimes I know that there are places they, they go, like, in the mountains mm -hmm. and where there's no roads. It's crazy. So they've got a pastor with, like, food in a wheelbarrow, and he's going to where it needs to go. So. It's effective. Like, I, I I, was just looking at their website. Their impact in 2023, they provided 176.3 million life-saving meals. They build homes, too. 1,251 really? homes. I didn't even know that. Well, I didn't either. Over 1,900 tractor trailers of aid delivered and so much more. They're also one of the oldest 
um, like food provision organizations and super reliable. I mean, that's the other thing is like you can trust what you're giving is going to the people that it needs to. And I love hearing from our friends, Anitra and Paul, who work with them because they've been on the ground. They know the names. Mm -hmm. They know the faces. They've seen the difference food makes. They've seen the joy of the Lord on people who give and who people receive. And they're passionately doing this work. They've been doing a, a long time themselves because they've seen God literally save lives through your incredible donations. They work with the most hungry kids that exist. And so... Again, we we are just so proud to bring you this organization, especially yes. this time of year when we know our listeners love to be generous and love to serve the kingdom and love to serve Jesus. I think I told you this, but I'm bragging on my sons a little bit. I was telling them about Food for the Poor and what they do, and my kids actually put their money together, and they gave a one-time gift to provide kids with food for a year, and they got a thank you letter in the mail. And oh, I was like, nice. guys, I, this is like... I'm really proud of you. Like, mm -hmm. this is what it means to partner with God. And God's going to bless you for that. And, and you know, my kids have some money because my one of my sons mows and the other had some birthday money and my other son has a job. And so my one with a job gave a little more than the others did. But nice. it was just like, I was really cool. So do that. Get your kids involved. Get your grandkids involved and show them what the heart of God is all about. Mm -hmm. Go to our website, 1160hope.com. Click on that Give Life banner at the top of the screen or give us a call. 855-901-4673. That's 855-901-HOPE. And once again, because of a generous match right now, your $80 one-time gift provides two children with food for an entire year. $160 provides four children with food for a year. Let's try to give 20 kids Let's do foods it. in the next few minutes. All go. right, Brian, we're going to end the show with something fun. What are some cringe-worthy things that we have normalized in our society? We're going to talk about that when we return. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. It's the end of the show on Tuesday evening, and we are so glad that you are with us. Brian, sometimes on the show we talk about heavy, hard things. Mm -hmm. We talk about suffering. We talk about, you know, our, do our loved ones connect with us from the beyond? We talk about mistakes we make. As social media people dealing with things in our lives, we talk about food for the poor and partnering with God to bring food to the hungriest in the world. But sometimes we want to laugh. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just good to like send you away with a good, good smile on your face and a laughter. So I hope this does it. I found 38 super cringeworthy things that we have started to accept as normal in our society. We obviously are not going to share all 38. You can find these at BuzzFeed.com. But um, <laughs> some of these are really funny. I'm gonna Okay, this one I really like. I'm not on TikTok, but I've seen these videos on Instagram where somebody just stands there without speaking, and they point to, like, a bit of text oh, that appears on yes. the screen, and then they point to another side, and they point to another side. There was a season when I saw so many of my friends making those videos somewhere out there. And I need to find it. I know there's a like, here's the type of reel or TikTok video you need to make right now to like get on the trend to go viral. I got to get in on that. I've actually seen this. Here's my grown up Christmas wish. And then they have that song in the background. I've noticed a lot of people doing that. Yeah, so it's these dumb. trends, it's dumb. right? These it's dumb. trends, they're dumb. All right. I'm going to skip down a little bit. Gender okay. reveals. Oh, yeah. This person said, I have nothing against parents or people being excited to have children. It's a miracle of life. Right? Yes, celebrate. I just find it a bit weird to put it on social yes. media and on timelines yes. for everyone else to see. 
Here's this is every now and then you and I discuss things that make us feel old. Yeah. When did gender reveals start? I I yeah, don't know. I don't remember them. Start. No, it definitely wasn't when we were having kids. Nope. It was the social media era for sure. I feel like just like five years ago they started. Maybe a little more than that, but now they're as with anything on social now. as with yeah. anything on social media, they have to get bigger and bigger and bigger <laughs> and bigger, and you have to outdo people. Yeah, and a new way to do the reveal. I believe I've yeah. told you before, Carrie and I, we did not find with any of our children what they oh, were before right. they were born. I forgot about that. You would yeah. not fit in with the social media crowd these nope. days. That would be a social media trend. Don't do don't a reveal. Do a don't reveal. find out. Don't do a reveal. The gender reveal <laughs> is such a big deal now, but it's so weird. Now, with the, so with the weird. production of yeah, it. Yeah, that's what it is. The production value. My sister did one. She got a whole... She got a professional photographer to come. Really? Yeah, it was a whole it was a whole thing. Crazy. Yep, Gender crazy. reveals. All right. This is this is a little like grinds my gears. I'm this, enjoying I know. this. I, I like this. Okay, this one's funny. I love this one. Filming yourself crying <laughs> for social media. <laughs> I this is cringeworthy and yet I do see it more and more. Like I post about hard things on my social media quite a bit. That's just kind of my platform what I write about. Not once have I shared a picture of myself crying or like Filmed myself crying. Nope. That's just why is it cringeworthy? Cringeworthy. It's oversharing. It feels like that's it. It's you oversharing. don't have good boundaries if you're doing yep. that. Yep. Yeah. And you want attention or something. That's right. All yeah. right. I'm skipping out to number eight. Okay. Uh, we've discussed this one before. People who video call in public and talk loudly, especially this person says in trains or buses, I would add in restaurants. In Panera. I recently dealt with a customer who was on a video call and had to show me a coupon in her phone and her whole family saw my face. And I cringed and was so uncomfortable that I told her to put it away or I'm not authorizing the coupon. And the next one says, relatedly, talk too loud, especially when they're on the phone and it's on the speaker. Yes. Aubrey, uh, I should save this for a grinds my gears, but I'll tell you anyway, I was at Panera the other day. And it was so, uh, it was so crazy. There were three different tables of people on calls for work. No, there weren't. They just treated no, it as weren't. their desk. Don't get me wrong. Kidding? I sit in Panera and do work and but do you're work. Not, like, but they on had a papers spread out, and they were like one of them. It was, you could tell was like a sales guy just Come calling, cold calling people. It was Come crazy. On. Okay, that is so. That is so crazy. Okay, I'm going to share the next two. This is like a grinds my gears. Both of these, I totally, totally connect with. Okay, we've talked about quiet quitting on our show. Yes, we've talked about loud laboring on yes. our show. This is very similar. People who flaunt helping others online, like they clearly do it for clout. My friend's girlfriend, this is on BuzzFeed, does this. She constantly looks at the camera, smiles and poses, waves, and asks the person who is houseless to wave at the camera, too. (laughs) That's bad. (laughs) This one, for some reason, is related. This person on BuzzFeed says, I find it cringy when people boast about how happy they are with their spouse. Why are you telling me this? It automatically makes me say to myself that they must be having problems. Or people who come on and say, life is great. Everything is working out for them. She, This person says, I'm so superstitious. I feel like a piano would fall on my head if I went around boasting how happy I am. There are those people who would be like, Oh, my spouse is the greatest, blah, 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 blah. But you know what's funny? My husband likes that. He feels loved when I do that. Nice. But I think it's annoying. Words of affirmation. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm going to go down to number 16 here. Okay. Uh, 
iPad kids and their parents. Oh. If you can't get your toddler to stop screaming unless you hand them a screen, oh. something's wrong. True. I've been seeing more and more out in public, and the ones without headphones especially make me angry. Be a better parent. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's really good. Uh, I'm going to go with number seven, but I'm going to add something to it. Uh, calling the man you're dating daddy. Yes, that's disgusting. But also, I don't think grown women should call their dad daddy either. I think like at some point it changes to dad. Yeah, I would not disagree with that. Even or mommy, you're a dad, too. Or mommy. Yeah, yep. it's, it's got to change. Mommy and daddy have and to go at some And I don't think it's a grown person thing. I think it's like... Teenage, maybe? 10? 11? Yeah, maybe. Like, my 11-year-old... Or he's 12 now, but he does not call me mommy, ever. And yep. I would be like, what? Are you yep. calling me mommy? You're calling dad daddy? Yeah, I was watching... No. Uh, we sometimes, just for fun, will watch Impractical Jokers. So funny. And they had one where they were in a grocery store pretending that they had someone there who was pretending to be like their spouse. Yeah. And one of the whole ones that the guy had to do was him and the girl just had to be like yelling over like and just calling each other mommy and daddy. Stop, stop. And it was the, the looks people were given to be like, because it was just the grocery store. Yeah, They'd be like, yeah. do we need carrots, daddy? <laughs> yes, mommy. We do. And it was so cringy that's and hilarious. funny. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, it that's was really good. Uh, it was really funny. I like that. I like that. I like that. I what like would you that. do? All right. Let's cut too close to home here. Oh, uh-oh. Because BuzzFeed, non-religious thing, right? Uh-oh. What do they say? Number 19. Religious people who talk like this is the only right path. Ooh. There is no other God but our God. Ooh. I think well, that we just have to own that. We have but to go, own we're cringeworthy. Hey, okay. This is true. We yeah. got to have the conversation. Yep. Not going to deny it. Some things are, it might be offensive, but it doesn't mean it's not true. Um, okay, this is like, let's see if there's any more that are good. I feel like we've covered the list pretty well. Oh, oh I've yeah. got one. Here's one. I agree with this one. Post personal medical details about their kids on social media. I, I don't like that. Especially like your kid's going to grow up at some point and you've shared all of their like yes. personal medical history online. I understand if you need prayer, your kid's in a hospital. Like there's some reasons why it's okay and when it's okay and when I actually say go for it. But other things are just, no, that's not everybody's business. That's a good one. This next one is is much less serious, but much at least as annoying. People who don't pick up after their dogs on walks. Oh, that's horrible. It is. That is terrible. This is like, oh, I'm going to have to bring this one up another time. Because okay. sometimes you'll walk on a sidewalk. Yeah. And like. There's this like dog poo. On the sidewalk. No, that's disgusting. And you're like, kids are walking to school yeah, on this sidewalk. Like, we all understand when you have dogs and you walk them, you pick up yeah, after that's them. Like the if you don't want to do that, either don't get, don't a, get dog. a dog or don't walk it. Yeah. Keep it in the backyard. Yeah. Do whatever yeah. you want in your yeah. own backyard. Yeah. This is the worst. Yeah. Like these are the these people are the worst. Yeah, we need to have a whole grinds my gears about yes. this. This is really good. All yes. right, those are some cringeworthy things we've normalized. If uh, we forgot anything, definitely let us know on our social media at Common Good Talk. Brian and I will be back again tomorrow from 4 to 6 p.m. For Brian Fromm, I'm Aubrey Sampson, and you've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life.